Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of Ring Crew Radio. I'm the high flyer, Frank Cliff, always coming off the top rope. I'm joined by my co-host, Nikki Kayfabe, the most hated man in the IWC, and the arbiter of professional wrestling, PJ Stackpole. Hey, yo. Survey time. Are you here to listen to Friday Night Church? Or are you here to listen to Ring Crew Radio? Episode 83. Well done, PJ. I don't like the the insult at my second <laughs> show, but for this occasion, I will I will oblige. And I think we all know the occasion. Gentlemen, we are living for the first time in our lives in a wrestling world without Scott Hall. Yeah. Frank, I know he was your boy. He was my guy. Once they die, they become Frank's guy. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, like Nikki Kayfabe and the Dynamite Kid over there. (laughs) Fuck off. There's a fucking... Go look at what's on that wall over there, my friend. There will be no bickering today. We were all here. Big fans of Scott Hall, so we're going to keep some decorum. At least two of us. But Frank, your thoughts? I'm I'm not arguing. That I wasn't a... I mean, I, I K-Fabe, watch... You know when Kayfabe became a Scott Hall fan? When he saw the E60 documentaries. I gotta watch this guy. No, it's not even that. I mean, obviously, my past stuff is not as, as great as your guys' is. So, I'm just here to listen and learn. And tell a and, story. And tell a story. Because <laughs> I created a timeline for this thing. Yes. So, as is becoming an unfortunate tradition here at Ring for Radio... When one of the greats passes away, Nikki Kayfabe whips up a timeline, <laughs> and we take a little retrospective, a little walk down memory lane, the career of Scott Hall. But before we get started, Frank, I want to go around the table. Tell us about Scott Hall. There'll never be another wrestler that personifies cool like Scott Hall was able to. He was able to convey things like a joke, but took shit more seriously than 90% of the people in the business. I think he's an underrated Mike. I think he's an underrated worker. I think he's an underrated talent. And it's a fucking shame that... I mean, in reality, he derailed his life for a decade. And it fucking... You know, who knows? Maybe longer than that. Maybe longer than that. But, I mean, that's... Those years he missed out. When he comes back to, to WWE the second time and he's fucking... He doesn't look himself. And he has that terrible fucking match with Austin... And you just like fuck. What did you miss out on? But I, nothing. I I love that fucking wrestler. It's gonna be hard to imagine. I, I mean, like he hasn't wrestled in fifteen years in my eyes. I haven't fucking since the NWO came back. So I don't count TNA. TNA <laughs> was just a cesspool. But like, it's not like I'm upset because it's like an active guy gone. It's just like one of those guys from my childhood who I fucking I loved Razor Ramon and I loved fucking Scott Hall as a I- character. I don't know. I ever saw Razor Ramon actually wrestle. I mean, I, I my earliest memory I can vaguely remember maybe Montreal, maybe a little bit before that. Right. But I can, Razor, I don't remember. Obviously, I saw the footage. And I'm gonna push back a little bit. You said underrated. I don't think he's underrated. I don't. I mean, he didn't get a title, but neither did Roddy Piper. 
Right. I, the amount of outpouring of wrestlers, past, present, and future, who were clearly influenced by him, the business was changed by him. I think he was, as one wrestler put it on Twitter, a towering figure in professional wrestling. Friend, um, Nicholas? Yeah, I mean, my, my thought with it is, you know, the NWO, they kind of changed the landscape of wrestling as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, him coming into WCW and then forming the team with Nash and Hogan. And, I mean, you, that stuff still lives now. What They, they were formed in, what, 95, 96? And they still, their merchandise, their aura around professional wrestling, everyone is trying to be the next NWO in some way. They've been ripped off consistently yeah. for 20-something years. It'll never be replicated, obviously, because of other circumstances. Short of Cody trying to rip that off in a couple of weeks, who knows, but... Yeah, and you said it's funny when you say the merch. In my eyes, I think they made more money from acquiring the NWO logo than they did with the WCW logo. Think about it. I mean, yeah, WCW logo goes on the belts. The NWO became part of their logo it is. for a period of time. Uh, yeah, That's how exactly. big they became. They became bigger than the company. You can't even... There was a point where the show was 96% NWO and 4% Cruiserweights. That, <laughs> the, it was whoever the WCW guys were feuding with the NWO guys, and it was like the Cruiserweights. Fucking man. I mean, I guess it got out of control, but every faction, every faction does. They sure do. <laughs> All right, Kayfabe, you were a good scholar today. I did you, my best. You here. did your due diligence. You assembled a brief timeline. Obviously, you won't tell the entire story of the man. It, you can't tell too much. You can't tell the story of a man in a bullet-pointed list. But we're going to try to get the career highlights. Correct. Of one Scott. Is his middle name Oliver? I don't know what his middle name is. God damn it, Kayfabe. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> was his name actually Scott Hall? Yes, it was. Good. I think it was Scott Oliver Hall. Well, Kayfabe, balls in your court. Well, we'll start off on October 20th of 1958 mm-hmm. when he was born in St. Mary's County, Maryland. Born in Maryland. I Maryland, did not yeah. know that. And later on in his years, he attended high school in Munich, Germany, which I thought was pretty... Was his father a service member? I didn't really. I would imagine take that much, like but that. I could see, I could see that. That usually encompasses that. Yeah, yeah. right. Fun fact: Do you know how you say "Hey yo" in German? Schnuckelfragen. <laughs> is, is that a fact? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have one person in Germany that listens to us. You can't be pulling this shit. Ask him how it's pronounced. It's Schnuckelfragen. I hope that's true. I, <laughs> Go who's, on. Who's gonna fucking check it? <laughs> And we got to the wrestling career in 1984 to 85. He began his wrestling career in NWA and mm-hmm. feuded with Dusty Rhodes right off the bat, which I found interesting. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes liked him. He used him in Florida Championship Wrestling when he was first coming up. Barry Windham found him. And, um, and yeah, Dusty took him with him to the NWA. Baby, baby, have you ever thought about <laughs> being a Cuban, baby? Have you seen the Al Pacino? <laughs> that Al Pacino in that movie, Scarface, baby. <laughs> Well, that's before. That was when he was just was Big Scott before. Hall. I yeah. think it might have been Magnum Scott Magnum Hall. Scott yes. Hall got in trouble. I that recall. is it. Magnum Scott Hall. It was Magnum it, Scott Hall for about a month, and then he ran into Magnum TA, who did not appreciate him stealing his name, and that was the end of Magnum. Then he became Big Scott Hall. And so, obviously, wrestling Twitter, wrestling YouTube has been inundated with all Scott Hall content recently. And kayfabe, you know what me and uh, the High Flyer have discovered? Which? Scott Hall, at 22 years old, was all fucking man. 
Oh, there was a picture I seen of him and Kurt Henning. Now, he oh was, no, dude, they they grown men, grown <laughs> yeah, men. Yeah, they look like that, they had three kids. The mustache <laughs> with yes, that's exactly what it looked. Three the kids, with chest the, hair. They, look, they look like fucking dads. Yeah, like jacked up gym dads from yep. the nineteen eighty. That's it's exactly insane. what it is. I couldn't explain it any better myself. What fuck. the fuck was in the water back then? Those motherfuckers aged like dirt. Bro, I feel great now when I see pictures men. of them. I guess now would be a better time than ever. Scott holds physique. It always been pretty impressive. He's Even old in his man. worst years. He was like a natural freak athlete. I heard Kevin Nash say he'd look he'd wake up looking like a skeleton, all houched over, like fucking and then he would just do a couple of sets on the bench and he'd look like a million dollars. Yeah. It looked like he had going. that kind of natural physique. He's also fucking six seven, six six. A is he big that, boy. Is he doesn't hurt. hurt. No, you don't even really realize how big he is. I said this to Cause PJ because it fucking Nash. Yeah. Nash is a legit seven footer. Yeah. So even him being six seven. And even when he's around Hogan, Hogan's not a small man either. <laughs> Hogan, I mean, ho- brother, I shrunk to six six now. <laughs> but he was. Yeah, probably, he did in his defense. I don't think he's lying about ho- that. Hogan. Probably was six eight, six nine too. So big boys, big yeah. fucking boys. Men were fucking men in wrestling. And yeah, you imagine. Why. I mean, yeah, imagine like the young bucks walking up to those two. <laughs> the fuck out of here! Put him in a garbage can. <laughs> Back to Scott Hall, please. Back to Scott Hall. 1985 to 1989, he was in the AWA and formed a tag team with Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Yes. Is that all you have in the AWA? That I is all I have, yes, please. Okay. So this, <laughs> this is one of the funniest Scott Hall stories I've ever heard. He, in the AWA, I believe Vern Gagne was the, the guy in charge there, and they decided they want to push Scott Hall as a singles act. And I think at that point, per- Perfect as he calls him in all his stories. So now I call him Perfect, like it's his one name. <laughs> Went to the WWF, and Scott Hall was going to get pushed to become the champion. He wanted to make him the champion. And he realized he was getting pushed. So he goes to Vern Gagne backstage. He goes, Vern, I don't want that belt. I'm leaving here. He goes, what do you mean you're leaving? He goes, I'm giving you my two weeks. I'm done. Because apparently back then it was a two-week agreement. It was before the... The days of 90-day uh, clauses and whatnot. It was also the days before Rick Rude would just show up the next night on someone else's program. Yeah, that's true. He put the end to all that shit. But <laughs> Scott Hall told them, it's cold here and I'm not staying here. <laughs> and that was how his push at AWA ended. And then he went to WCW. If you're going to go to that I, next. I do. I, in the middle of that. Well, so, but I, I, got another, yeah, I got a story, too. He changed my life. I was watching a Scott O'Shoot interview. I, he gave a piece of advice that apparently Perfect gave him that I live by. And I know Kayfabe does too. Perfect told Scott Hall, who relayed the information on a shoot, he said, he told me, if you're going to be late, be very fucking late. Because they're just glad you showed up at that point. They, they won't be... <laughs> They won't even be mad. Kayfabe, <laughs> get a shirt I, with that saying. I, you're right. That They'll is. just be glad you showed. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm very punctual. I think you both know this. Pretty yes. reasonably so. Yep. But if you're going to be late, be fucking late so they're just happy you came. <laughs> I like that advice. I might have to use that. Yeah, that's good. Like, Kayfabe is showing up to work tomorrow at <laughs> 2 o'clock. <laughs> work. He's going to show up to every commitment, big and small, <laughs> mad late, and justify it. I'm, aren't you, aren't you happy I'm here? Yeah, exactly. Jesus you say Christ. in between NWA and uh, WCW. So in between the NWA, uh, AWA, right, uh, in August AWA. of 87, he had a tryout match at a house show for WWE, and he later had one in 1990. He received an additional one uh, and lost to Paul Roma. 
I don't know much about Paul Roma. Paul Roma like, is a infamous jobber in the 80s. He was a fucking horseman. <laughs> then, now, and forever. He was a horseman. You're right. They tried that two months, he right? He was a horseman. Pretty Paul Roma. Uh, and he, who do you, who do you fucking, who are they? Pretty what? Paul Roma was with someone. I don't know, man. You're going, you're going when I was, I wasn't even in my dad's no, balls. No, hold on. It wasn't, it wasn't Paul <laughs> Roma. It was Paul Roma and was it Luger? Maybe. What was Luger's nickname? I'm looking this shit up. Yeah, go look that up. Okay, Fabe, you, right. you were talking uh, about uh, the tryout match. Yes. Yeah, a tryout match at a house show in 87, and then in 1990, he received an additional tryout match, which uh, is where he lost to Paul Roma, who's Pat's currently looking up. Pretty wonderful. It was him and Paul Ondorf. There you go. The two Pauls. Yes, pretty if Paul. You, if yeah. they were on the WWE, he would. one of them would have lost that fucking first name. Pretty pretty wonderful. He's just Ondorf now. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, and then he goes back to WCW after calling... Dallas Page, right? Correct. Brief Dally. Stint, brief, brief stint in WCW from in 89, 91, and 92. So the way that was set up is he went to dinner, I think, with Diamond with Diamond Dallas Page at some point, because him and Scott Hall were always boys, suggested that he come in as a tag team and be the Diamond Studs because he had that look. They wanted him to shave his, his beard and mustache, just have a scruff, dye his hair black, Basically, the forefront of what would eventually be Razor Ramon. We just didn't know mm -hmm. it yet. And Scott Hall said no because he didn't want to be a part of a tag team. Then Scott Hall was out of his... He walked out on AWA and needed to work. So he calls up Dallas Page and says, You got your diamond stud. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he sounded like Joey Diaz, but that's okay. <laughs> got you. They're both human. That's what it is. So DDP it was integral in... Scott Hall's career early on, so was and Dusty later Rhodes. On. <laughs> and later on, Scott Hall would return the favor. Yeah. And as my friend, Blackjack Mulligan, will say, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> How are uh, you going to rib on a memorial show? <laughs> in August 8th of 1992, he made his debut on an episode of Superstar, Superstars, defeating Paul Van Dale. Who is? Carmella's father. Bingo. Yeah. Wow. Who knew she was in the biz? I did not. I definitely did not. But yes, in that time period, that three years unexplicably left out of K Fabes' time period. Not his fault. It's not three years. It's 89, 91 through 92. He had brief stint in WCW. Anyway, anyway that, would be, that, that would be three years in any, any language. But I'm fucking with you, K Fabes. It's hard to timeline him because well, he didn't do stint, much. Exactly. He was in yeah. for two weeks and out for three. But that time period, he kept calling. Pat Patterson. When he first left AWA, he kept calling Pat Patterson. And every week, he'd leave a voicemail for Pat Patterson, and Pat Patterson would never call him back because Pat Patterson, I guess, was in charge of talent at that point for Vince. And <laughs> after, I think the first time he debuted as the Diamond Stud, Pat Patterson finally calls him back and said, oh, did you sign a contract or whatever? And, and then he said, one year. And they basically planted that seed because they wanted him after that. Because they didn't see it until they saw him as the Diamond Stud. Which, mm. that persona, and not really that persona, but that look at least, would be what Razor Ramon was. Toothpick and all. And yes, Dallas Page came up with the toothpick. They were at a diner. And they were thinking of ways to make him cooler. And Dallas Page like took a toothpick and told him to use this. Go figure. Yeah. One of the most signature things in wrestling. Scott Hall's toothpick. Yep. And he made it work. He threw it at the camera the first time he was the diamond stud. And that was his fucking move for the rest of his career. 
toothpick in the camera during the entrance. You'd have one in his mouth, one behind the ear. Loved it. And if you had two in the ear, you knew two people were getting that fucking toothpick. <laughs> I saw it during an NWO clip once. How you many had two of them. How many guys you think were like, I'm going to try to catch the toothpick? They're just like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> How many guys do you think he actually hit in the eye with it? Oh, Because he would get up close and really yeah. uh, get in your fucking face. But I like the disrespect. And 92, they start building them, and then they come up with this gimmick. Now, there's been some back and forth about who came up with it. I've heard Scott Hall say he came up with the it. The story kind of. I heard was Vince was bringing him in as a G.I. Joe type of character. I'll be the best G.I. Joe you ever seen, Vince. And he said, would you rather this G.I. Joe good guy or would you rather the bad guy? And obviously, he saw Scarface. I think that's common knowledge. That it's, Vince it's, never saw Scarface, well, That's why he agreed. To, well, Vince doesn't watch movies. So Vince Vince, wa- Vince is- watches the chaperone on loop. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He's gutted. Anyway, uh, yes, so he explained the character of Scarface to Vince, and because Vince has no idea what television is, he signed right up for it. And then they went to Miami and filmed the vignettes. The infamous vignettes. I, I think they might have filmed the vignettes before uh, in the, before he made his debut. Yeah, of course. The yes. jo- well, no, I was talking he's about when he was doing, jobbing. And he was probably yes. doing dark matches. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he made his first televised debut yeah. on okay. August 8th. Um Skipping to September 14th of 1992, Razor was put in his first major angle where he attacked Savage, leading Flair to win the him title. And, yeah, him and Flair versus Savage and Brett. somebody else. Was it Brett? Yeah, I think, I think it, was it was Brett, yeah, from what I read. Yeah, of course. Brett. Because, of course well, Brett and Flair, were, well, the belt went from Flair, Flair to Macho to Flair to Brett. Yeah. And so they were all kind of intertwined. I skipped a little here, so I don't know if you can fill in any blanks between Late 1992 and early 1993. The next thing on my bullet here is May 17th, 1993, when he's defeated by the one 2 3 kid in that upset loss. So there was oh. one thing missed here. He did have a Royal Rumble match with, not not a fucking Royal Rumble match, but a match at the Royal Rumble with Bret Hart for his title match, his first title match. And mm. one of, I think, two he got when he was with the company. But mm. good match. Really good match if you ever want to go back and watch that one. Wow. Brett was in it. So was Scott Hall. <laughs> don't give uh, me that shit. Uh, Scott Hall was great, but Brett, he don't have too many bad matches. Well, when you have great and great. I agree. What do you get? Great fucking match, Brian. There you go. And So uh, the, the match with 1-2-3-Kid, probably, would you say, the biggest upset or most memorable upset in WWE history? I mean, they try to do it. Every once in a while, they try to do it. Maybe even eliminating The Undertaker. Uh, that fucking Italian bastard pinning Umaga. <laughs> Santino Morella. They always try to do something that replicates that, but I don't know if they ever quite get there. And Scott Hall obviously was friends with X Pac. Not before one, that. Two, three kid, well, became his friends. Clearly liked right. him enough to do the job. Probably liked him as a person. And Scott Hall loved, as you know, Francis, we talk about this on the phone. He loved doing jobs to underdogs. Yeah, it was he one of his favorite up, fucking did, things. Did it to Jericho. He told me he did it to some, that, that fucking boy in uh, Japan. Tanahashi. So, Scott Hall, not a selfish worker, at least not at that point in his career. No, not at all. What was the, I, I wanted to ask you one thing before we go further in his career. What was your favorite vignette that you can remember? For uh, Razor Ramon? Yeah, when they were doing all these different things, and he's just like fucking... That, like, that's how they used to... I, I, there was a place for it. Now they do what you think is like corny, but it was good back in the day for some reason. You built the story. You knew who this guy was they've before he them, debuted. They've done them 
relatively. The uh, last guy I could fucking remember legitimately where you actually tried to build the story was Carlito Colon. He was spitting apples on the fucking beach. You know what he was about. That was a spiritual successor to the Razor Ramon character. Right down to the alliteration. Yes. But. As far as my favorite vignette, there was one he did with a car. Wasn't there one with a car that he did? Yes. I like that. Was it one with kids that were chasing him? Yes. He was being mad, disrespectful to kids? Yes. I like that one. Is the one he destroys the table. We watched it earlier when he says, I cleaned the table for you, which I think is a scar. I think that's a Scarface scene. It's a legitimate Scarface scene, but that that one is my favorite. Good food, good drink, good chica. (laughs) That's when you could We were talking about That's when he first was doing the accent, so you could tell he wasn't like into it yet. So I'm going to ask you guys something. I was going to save this for later on, but might as well do it now. Did Scott Hall invent, okay, fam, I'm going to throw it over you first, because mm-hmm. once Frank goes, <laughs> was Scott Hall the birth of the cool heel? The heel that's supposed to be booed. We all know how wrestling works. supposed to be the bad guy, but they just enjoy being so cool, and they do cool things, and the crowd kind of cheers them, and they never look stupid. They always look suave. Was he the first guy to do that, or one of the first guys to do that? I wouldn't be able to think of anyone else, I would say. I mean, you could argue maybe Flair, Flair in his day. What about Piper? But they, you know, they weren't a. F- they were cool, but. But they, they didn't dress. I mean, Flair did, but Piper really didn't. I mean, were they cool or were they just fucking obnoxious at the same <laughs> yeah, time? Yeah, you're right. Well, That's different. That's different. I, I think you you nailed that one on the head. And there's been many people who tried to replicate what he did, and, and, and they did just to, fail. When he went to NWO, he just he did it even worse. He was even more egregious, more out of control, yeah, as you know. That's true. They were all out of control, PJ. We watched it. I seen them do fucking Water jumping sports. into pools and dear God, what's next, Kayfabe? Next up, we have uh, a few months skipped down the line. So well, after the one, two, three kid, uh, I believe he had another match with him at the um, at SummerSlam. Or loser wears a diaper. Yeah, that was one of them. I, they had a match, with, and then DiBiase got involved because he was he mm-hmm. was ragging. He started on him. managing the kid. So yeah. by the way, Razor had a heel, a baby turn at some point. Yes, well, that was when he turn. stole the money. Razor and him had a match, and the match. I think that's how Razor got him back in. He said, "I want you to come back here, and if you beat me, I'll give you ten thousand dollars." Or actually, no, it was just give him ten thousand dollars to show up. One of the two, and he got beat on a roll up, and or no. I forgot to finish, actually. But anyway, Kid ran away with the money. I think that set up the diaper match. But yes, he did go face at this point. Yeah, and then he went also wound up feuding with DiBiase, which uh, led to DiBiase's last feud with the company. Yeah. Or his last match as well, I, I believe, at the time of. Sounds about right. Uh, so next date I have here, October 4th, 1993. Participated in 20-man battle royal. with the. Uh, he was the last participant with Rick Martell. Which led to his first IC title run. Rick I knew who? he was gonna fucking come up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was gonna come up because he beat him for the strap. <laughs> fucking unbelievable. <laughs> no, they uh, pushed the right guy. Don't worry. For the ring crew faithful, if you don't remember the 1992 Drunken Rumble, Kayfabe's Nikki came in and Frank <laughs> Frank Cliff almost came to blows <laughs> over the over man Rick was crying. Martel. He's a grown man crying about someone that wrestled in 1989. I wasn't crying about him. Fuck I off. Just, he was just, passionate. He was passionate. Why can't they use that guy? Why he walks they? around with a bottle of perfume. Fuck off. I agree with him then. I agree with him now. God knows what Rick Martel did and who he did it to. <laughs> but he's been ostracized. But this led to his first inter- intercontinental title run. As you probably know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fucking great times. And the IC belt actually mattered. It, it was sure a plateau. Did. It sure did. It built guys up. Built guys up. And Scott Hall always says he loved that spot. The upper the upper card baby face. Because mm-hmm. you'd always have to meet him on the way up. Exactly. Worked with all the guys. Scott Hall's a big fan. He should he should have been the founding member of the job squad. Because I remember him saying all the time, pin me, pay me. Pin me every night. <laughs> he said, if you're going to pay me, pin me every night. I don't care. Uh, after a few uh, title defenses, this led to a feud with Shawn Michaels over who had a stronger claim to the title as Shawn was stripped due to inactivity, in quotation marks, as he was suspended. What did he do this time, Brian? Did he lose his smile? No, that's later on. He hurt his wrong. fucking knee. That's later on, too. Did he too. hurt his fucking back? <laughs> was his pussy not fucking powdered that Watch day? it. <laughs> he was a fucking pillhead. He didn't want to do a fucking job. He holds the record for most, the Shawn Michaels, I mean, for most title vacancies. Definitely. He has three. Yeah, just gives it up. What are you going to do? He gets hurt. He gets beat up in well, bars by a bunch of fucking Marines. What the fuck do you want from me? Well, that feud culminated at WrestleMania in a ladder match. The, the ladder, ladder match. match. Which is also the first WWE match to ever receive a five-star rating from Meltzer. Go oh, fuck yourself, Dave. Oh, go fuck yourself, Dave Meltzer. Why couldn't it have been you with the blood clot, you fucking asshole? Ooh, <laughs> fuck Dave Meltzer. He's a miserable soul. That being said, this ladder <laughs> match, obviously historic. Obviously laid the groundwork for so much. Well, how many of the guys today in the business saw that match and said, I want to do that? A ton. Good, good a portion f- of them. I got a third. More. More. Because every guy wants to be Shawn Michaels now. And not for nothing, Shawn Michaels isn't what he is without being elevated at that point by Razor Ramon. Now, I mean, I noticed Nick actually put an asterisk next to this ladder match because, as you know, it was not the first ladder match. No, we all no know <laughs> Bret Hart had to do it on the fucking, yeah, on a house show that seven people saw and there's somehow footage of. Okay, I know. And it was a good one. Probably the best uh, yeah, ever. Yeah, okay, Probably sure. the best. I'm sure. That's why he never fucking climbed the ladder again, that lazy fucking Canuck. <laughs> Fuck him. Is you know what about, Sean decided? You know what's it crazy about, about Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Do you want to know something crazy about that specific ladder match, the real one that we're talking about? You know, that was the house back in the days when they used to do matches at house shows. They did house shows, yeah. They did that that match for 50 fucking house shows. No much pain that has to be going through on a fucking ladder. And at that point, let's face facts, they're probably not gimmick like they are now. They're sure as shit not folding in half if someone falls on it. They did it 50 different times? He said 50 to 75 at least. That's ridiculous. Because once they figured out that they could do... Because once they knew they were working with each other, they wanted to do something different. So they brought that up. And, you know, it's crazy. Also said he learned his lesson. Every ladder match since had more than one ladder. Yes. Because he was like, what if it broke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would we have done? And the, the way how high they had the belt. They needed like a fucking, what, a 15-foot ladder? That I thing said, was huge. I said, brothers, let me drop the leg off. Of oh, my God. <laughs> what if it breaks? My God. <laughs> yes, the ladder match that fucking defined the new generation of the WWF at the time. Yep. I hear Macho Man fucking tore them up when they went into the locker room. Went over time, brother. You know, there's a lot of people apparently. Apparently, he said, "Brothers, just want to say, hell of a match, but you went over time." (laughs) (laughs) 
Imagine you're so mad at someone, you gotta give them their props first. <laughs> Look, it's a hell of a match, but fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> so while feuding with Shawn Michaels and Diesel at the time, uh, he lost the title to Diesel. And then in August 29th, 1994, he would go on to beat Diesel with Walter Payton in his corner uh, for the another IC title reign. They were just whoring football players out at this point. <laughs> Anyone that wants to come get a check, you come to WWF. And you know the fucking that was probably in fucking Chicago. Probably. So, you and, know. And the click was having its way with all the belts. They deserved them. <laughs> anyway. So I skip a little. Uh, I, from what I was reading, it was a bunch of different IC title reigns. I think he had four or five throughout that this two-year span. Yep, lost it to Diesel, lost it to Sean, won yeah. it back from Sean, won it back to the, yeah. So I don't know. I didn't write all this down. But Goldust, too. He had a match with Goldust uh, on a, an In Your House, I think. He had a, Yes, I saw that. He had a match with Goldust. I think that was his he didn't last. Want, he didn't want to work with Goldust. Well, because there was uh, homosexual undertones. Let's mm, say what it is. Yeah. It was mind games. Mind there was games, a lot of mind shit. Games, the pay-per-view or mind games in general? Mind games in general. Oh. I give Scott Hall credit. In eras where people did whatever the fuck Vince told them, there were certain things he would just not do. He wouldn't bleed. Scott Hall like, got juiced like two times in his whole career. Because when he first came up, there was like a fucking AIDS epidemic at the time. So they didn't want, they didn't know anything about AIDS. So they didn't want people bleeding and shit. So there was a time period where they banned blood in the early 80s, I guess. Well, blood was never a thing in WWF for a long time. Until the no. Attitude Era, it really it wasn't a thing they did. But then he went to WCW, and he said, I know what I know about blood diseases. I ain't doing that shit either. Never caught color. Yeah, I can never remember seeing him bloodied. Yeah. Interesting, though. Very. So we skipped ahead to April of 1996, where the curtain call occurs at MSG after Nash and Hall signed WCW contract. <laughs> Why don't you ruin the business? No, I got to say something here. Why do they insist on saying the curtain call was a revolutionary, changed everything, changed wrestling history? I don't buy it. That's wrestling <laughs> propaganda. That's WWF propaganda. Uh, uh, uh. It meant nothing that's in not the grand the, scheme of things. But it that's not nothing. WWF propaganda when every podcaster and old man of the business and Ole Anderson and Jim Cornette and every other asshole wants to call it the most disrespectful event in wrestling and all that other shit. It may have been more... Di but what did? how did it revolutionize anything? It was the first open air of kayfabe. That's what it was. I mean, there was never an acknowledgement of kayfabe before uh, that. I'm not sure that's true. I'm I right guarantee here. if I had enough time, I could go back and find something. I uh, maybe, but you're talking about an era when people gave a shit. That, like, you're talking about an era where the heels didn't ride in cars with faces. Well, they didn't even go to the same part of the Iron fucking arena. Sheik, Iron Sheik and Jim Duggan got caught on the Jersey Turnpike with a crack pipe while they were feuding in the <laughs> WWF. Okay? <laughs> that was far more revolutionary. When was that? Oh, probably the well, 80s. Well, take yeah. a guess what fucking time yeah, period, yeah, yeah. It, wasn't the it was on the way to the gimmick <laughs> battle royal. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fuck the Jersey PD. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too good of a Sheiky baby impression. So they said one time they drug tested Sheik and he came into Vince's office and Vince said, well, Sheik, he came up positive. Good, brother. Good. I told you. Positive. Went, no, Sheiky. Positive's bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> And you almost and you missed one thing. Speaking of drug tests, that's when Scott Hall fa failed his first one. Leading up to that event, he got a sixty-day suspension because he got caught for weed. 
Imagine not booking that guy for 60 days because he smoked a fucking joint in the parking lot. The 90s were a fucked up time. That they were. The beginning of many failed drug tests. Was yeah. Oh, sh- yeah. Hey, be nice today. I, yeah, I will. <laughs> Moving forward, May 27th of 1996. Oh, boy. Scott Holden make his first appearance on WCW, appearing from the crowd and claiming to be an outsider. And what was he wearing? Canadian tuxedo. What's the Canadian tuxedo? Jean vest jeans. <laughs> denim. <laughs> All the denim. Dungarees. Denim, denim, denim. I actually watched that promo uh, a day or two ago. You Th- know who I am. Yep. But you don't know why I'm here. The sonic boom that started the greatest era of wrestling. Where is billionaire Ted? <laughs> Where is the nacho man? Where's the Ken doll? And I had no idea who he was talking about Bishop. until he got in Bischoff's face. <laughs> then it made perfect sense. That's great. He called him. Oh, he was dog. ribbing everybody. Said, also called oh, him Easy E. Easy E. Well, that was after they were boys. But yeah, this broke wrestling. People didn't know how to act then. Where if the fucking internet existed then, this would have just been another day. Yep. But because there was no internet and we didn't know what was happening and we didn't know that Scott that's Hall wrestled the, his last match. That's the best way you can use Scott Hall. Where's his razor gimmick? It was over. They had to change his name. Fuck you, Bischoff. Fuck you, Turner. Cancel Ted. In this day and age, he would have became fucking... Oh, God. He would have become box cutter fucking bow or some shit. Terrible. That no, I'm sorry. That's only when they go to the WWE, not when they leave the WWE. No, they actually use their They get better names when they they leave the WWE. But no, it's fucking, this is a moment that broke wrestling. And it's literally the start of the greatest period of wrestling. He's the start of the Monday Night Wars. And I would argue he's such an integral part of all this shit and is the third guy in that group. And that's still just crazy to me. Crazy to me. Yeah. Who did the promos? It was him. He didn't come on and say, well, I'm going to beat Roddy Piper, brother. No, he came out and he got the crowd amped up for that fucking geriatric fuck at the time. And then Hogan came out and slurred for two minutes. And then they went to the back and drank a, a fucking garbage pail filled with Miller Lite. <laughs> that was WCW in a nutshell. So it begs the question, Kayfabe. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this long and hard. If Ring Crew Radio were the NWO, the original three, who would be who? What say you, Kayfabe? Hmm. I'm the tallest, right? So maybe I'll be Nash. Mm-hmm. You're also an egotistical piece of shit, but okay. I guess that I guess you can definitely Nash. be Nash. And never forget Nash's nickname. Big sexy. Big lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess Pat would have to be Hogan. Really? Brother. <laughs> if there's a drunk in this group. <laughs> Just because of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you kidding me? I guess because of, yeah, I guess being a drunk would help. I, <laughs> I'm gonna, and I have better facial hair than both of you. I'm going to throw it out here. I'm going to say that Pat's Scott Hall. <laughs> and I'm going to say the way Frank rambles endlessly on Ring for Radio, he'd have to be Hogan. You knew when, <laughs> you knew when Scott and Kevin gave him the mic, they were like, here we go. <laughs> Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. He would say that all the time. Was like we were cutting short promos, uh, keeping it real, and he was just brother, brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> they had to clip him. That's why. The, that's why that's the why NWO promos him. became what they were because they had to clip Hogan, or else he would go on tirades. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Hogan. Hogan was just the old. It's funny because when you're a little kid watching that, you think like Hogan's actually ringleading all these guys, and then you realize when you're older, no, they were just using this old fuck and fucking. It was genius. So, well, two things about that. 
Scott Hall said, Hogan once said, brother, you don't know what it's like being me. I'm like a big apple tree, and everyone's just waiting under me, waiting for an apple to drop. And Scott Hall was like, so I just thought, why not chop this tree down? Now I got all the apples. (laughs) But Scott Hall, he said he was watching Hogan in the ring. Hogan was doing something really kooky, I guess, with Sting. He did the old thing where he backed into Sting, and he didn't see him, and he slowly turned around. And Scott goes, I'm watching this with Bischoff. I'm saying, he's worth a million more dollars than me. He goes, this fucking guy, this hokey shit, he's better than me. And he goes, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and Hogan's slowly turning around, and the crowd is getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And I said, fuck, he's good. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, Hogan knows what he's doing. Hogan is no one's fucking fool. Wow, that's a good story. It's a good trio. That worked on paper. They were like, Razor Ramon Diesel and Hogan as a heel. Let's put them together. If you Who would have fucking thought? If you had to make a modern day three-man NWO, only three-man, we're not going to expand to 45 like how it gets out of control. I was thinking about this. I think there's one guy for the, the main, for the Hogan. Cena? It's got to be Cena. It's got to be Cena. And then who are you putting with him? If you, I mean, if you're doing it now, now. Because there's not guys over like Nash and Hall were at that level. The mid-card isn't over like how it was in the 90s. So guys like Nash and Hall, they're not over going into Hogan, who's already just worldwide known. You're going you're to have to take guys and build them up at this point, I, I mean, think. if you're going to do it, I mean, if you want to just really do a carbon copy, you take an MJF, you take maybe Hangman Page, and then you take Cena, and you put the three of them together, and you're like, this is the new gang. I don't know, something like that. I mean, if you're doing a direct Look at K-Fabes. K-Fabes, there's a vein no, that's no. popping out of K-Fabes head. You used AEW guys? He's sick. I, no, I didn't say anything about it. I like those two AEW guys. So That's true. They're the only two that know what the fuck they're doing. But, yeah, I, you, it's considerable. Get back to the timeline, K-Fabes. Tell his well, you story. you jumped a little, but uh, June 10th of 1996, joined by Kevin Nash. For the hostile takeover of WCW. Mm-hmm. That was a good reveal. Well, it was ruined by the infamous line, This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. So folks at home who haven't taken an English class in a while, <laughs> an adjective is a word that describes a noun. Fat, fast, funny, <laughs> yellow. Play is not an adjective. Play is a verb. Play is something you do. So that bothered me from the the moment I fucking saw it to the way to now. That fucking bothered me. He fucking ruined it, Mr. Smart Guy Kevin Nash. Smartest guy in the room. Came in like adult. And made every child believe that play was actually an an adjective. (sighs) So why'd he ruin it? Did I miss something? What? Because play is not an adjective. Because he said, look at the adjective, play. We ain't here to play. Oh, oh fucking gotcha. botch. Yeah, gotcha. he's trying to be smart, and he fucking came across dumb. Gotcha. I mean, over there, there was a point where Sid Vicious said, I have half the brain that you did. Yeah, I know. And they laughed and that was actually him. against Scott Hall and, and Kevin they Nash, and they popped in the ring. They couldn't <laughs> hold it. I got half the brain that <laughs> you do. You, you just see Scott Hall keeled over fucking laughing. Oh, my God. They weren't good at promo. They weren't good at... Uh, Checking through those promos before they got out there. They weren't good at getting the fucking baby phase over. Oh, the heels were over. Goldberg would say, "Who's next?" I'd say, "Me. I'm next." <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit>. oh god. <laughs> they don't like Goldberg. It, that's a complicated relationship. I'm gonna have Scott to go Goldberg watch some shoots. That's a deep well. Okay. They used to get along, and then they didn't. And Goldberg. 
takes himself a little too seriously. He's Almost, a mark. He's a bit of a mark for himself. He doesn't like marks. And Scott Hall loves to fuck with the marks. He doesn't like marks. That's why I don't like Brett. I like your finish. Can't wait to kick out of it. Did you ever hear what he said about Brett? He said, Brett, they were doing some event when he went to WCW, and they were in Canada near Brett's house, so Brett had all the boys over his house. Yeah, he sent me that article. It was a shrine to the hitman. (laughs) Because I go in his basement, there's pictures of him everywhere. In his bedroom, he had the picture of him in the Sergeant Pepper's jacket with the tassels. (laughs) I don't deal with marks. (laughs) He's a mark for We call Brett the $400,000 a year champion. He would have taken $200,000 a year if he got to put the sharpshooter on you every night. <laughs> uh, he's a gem. Look up some fucking shoot interviews. He's very funny. Oh, God. He's hilarious. So Kayfabe, Big Daddy Cool comes in when he says, oh, my big friend. In came Nash. He powerbombs Bischoff. Where do we go from there? July 7th, 1996. Bash at the who? Bash at the who. <laughs> Six-man tag against Sting, Luger, and Savage led to Hogan turning heel and forming the NWO. Yo, there was some Tom Fool. Have you guys watched this match recently? I know what you're going to say, and I don't buy it. What? What Are am I going to talk about Bobby Heenan? What about Bobby Heenan? We'll get to Bobby Heenan. Oh, no, no. Bobby was... Heenan ruining it? He didn't fucking ruin it. That's fucking more propaganda. That's fucking bullshit. He did not ruin it. Finish your thought, and then I want to talk about Bobby Heenan. <laughs> they have Put Lex- that fucking room at the bed right here on Ring Crew Radio. We complain when guys sit on the outside for five minutes. Let me tell you something. Lex Luger, Lex Luger took a fucking bath outside. The man was down for no less than 15 minutes. They call in EMTs. They call in medics. I th- I'm pretty sure I saw him catch the paddles out there. And I'm just like, this is fucking horrendous. You couldn't think of another way. Because th- the stupidity of it was typical WCW booking. We have this big unveiling. We have to do it at the end of the show. But we're going to book them in a three-on-two match where you have to constantly get guys out of the match for fucking ten minutes. If you looked at the way that those guys were booked when they came into the company, they basically convinced the whole company that these two guys could fuck up everybody on WCW, the entire thing. And then if they didn't beat the three guys two-on-three, which happened before fucking Hogan, um, they beat them, right? They beat them in the match itself. I think they threw it out. Okay, that's what it was. It was a fuck finish. And then... Maybe Hogan pinned him, but I don't know if it was a legitimate... I think Scott Hall counted the pin. Oh, okay. If you remember. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I think it was some kind of fuckery. They threw the thing out. But, man, what a fucking... This is the greatest heel turn of all time, is it not? It's got to be up there. I mean... It's fucking, it's got to be. It's I unfathomable. Mean, it's got to be. And, and it worked. It wasn't a, a fucking heel turn that didn't work. This led to something. I would argue Roman Reigns' would have been up there if it was in front of fans. And his turn was more subtle. It didn't have that shocking impact. What they uh, they well, panned over and saw Heyman smiling that, that, at him. That was the... Like that he's, was looking the at, he's looking like a fat fuck. I mean, it was, I, I, you know, look what it achieved. I mean, it Well, that's the point. But I could have used a little more forceful, a little like, oh my God... Like, if he had turned heel when he beat The Undertaker, yeah, done something. Well, know, they that tried night, it. The next night he comes imagine out. Imagine he had cheated to beat The Undertaker that rolled night. Up, like, grabbed the tights? Oh, no, man. No, low-blowed him. Oh, yeah. Hit him, with his, hit him with a chair. Ah. Beat the fuck out of him. Pinned him like a dirty dog. Gushed him. And so now let's let's take this this Bobby Heenan thing. Okay, Fabe, what did you just say? I said in the in when that happened, Bobby Heenan goes, Who's he here to help, right? Some along those lines. Uh, out comes Hogan and Bobby Heenan says, but whose side is he on? Yes, that's it. 
And the ignorant wrestling audience, many of them. Well, they forgot the whole premise of the storyline. Have inferred that to mean that Bobby Heenan was ruining the ending. Now, first of all, Bischoff never told Bobby Heenan that that turn was happening. That's number one. So, Bobby Heenan was doing what he always did as a heel color commentator. He always hated Hogan as a commentator. He fucking said, you can't trust this guy. He's a piece of shit. He's going to fucking stab us all in the back one day. In, in lesser terms. And so that's what he said. No, no that's right. it. He's in it for the money. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. That yellow in his thing is his spine. But there's another reason. And then PJ. when he came out, he kept it. I'd argue that would have been a dumb fucking stupid WWE thing. That they would have had this fucking guy who hated, like the king hated Austin for so long. And then Austin comes out. Here he comes, JR. He's going to save us all. You would have known right there some shady shit was going on. You would have right. known right there would have been a tip of the hat. So it was actually two Bobby Heenan's credit that he stayed in character and did it that way. I, also, didn't, know, I, I didn't know that he didn't, that Bischoff didn't tell him. That Most of the time they it. don't tell announcers things like that because they well, want no, the they do. No, they always do. Bischoff didn't. Bischoff was notorious for not really? doing it. Well, Vince, my, Vince, come on. Vince isn't going to tell. He just doesn't tell JR when he's like, going to get fired or something. That he won't tell <laughs> so you. So he cries. Yeah, <laughs> he just sent Laurinaitis out did his shit on him. But Bischoff was notorious for not telling his because he wanted spontaneous reactions. Also, people are forgetting the premise of the storyline where the outsiders from the WWE are coming to take over WCW. That was the whole storyline. That was the verbiage they were using mm -hmm. because the storyline until they got sued was that these outlaws from WWE are coming to just ruin WCW. Mm -hmm. So why he's building to the fact that, oh shit, Hogan's one of those WWE guys that came here. I, I, don't, I don't think that was the implication, but I mean, it might have been. It's a good way to look at it. I mean, it, that was the storyline, right? But the storyline was Bobby Heenan was a heel announcer. He hated fucking Hogan. And what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so kayfabe. What do you think? Biggest heel turn in history, Hogan? Yeah, gotta be right. Yeah. I mean, I I can't immediately think of one. They've been cool heel turns. What about but, when Steve shook hands with that son of a bitch? They tried. They tried, man. They tried, but it didn't go anywhere. I mean, if he became a mega fucking heel and got even more over as a heel, it maybe it could have did something, but I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, moving forward, um, in October of 27, October 27, 1996, defeat of Harlem Heat at Halloween Havoc to win WCW Tag Team chi titles. <sighs> and after a reverse decision after losing the titles, we're going to hold the belt from February 24th, 97. To October 13th, 97. Oh, my God. Booker T's finest moment pre-wearing the crown. Hulk Hogan! We come whoa, in Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a PG show. Yeah, look, we can't be saying that stuff here. All right, look it up. You know, with the, oh, Vince can say it, but PJ can't. <laughs> no, asshole. Look it up. What a promo. Booker T's finest hour. Tremendous. This was actually when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were out of control. Mm -hmm. They were destroying the tag belts every week purposely, so they looked <laughs> even worse because they could make fun of people in the office for that. Scott Hall was the man who threw the TV title in the garbage. That's oh my god! So there, there's no TV dinner. He was the United States champion. They had him win this fucking TV belt from I think it could have been Disco Inferno. It honestly could have. Maybe Norman Smiley. I don't fucking remember. Been better in the garbage than on one of those two fucks. Chavo Guerrero is interviewing Scott Hall in the backstage area, which also made no sense to me. I don't remember why that was a thing. And him and Nash play a game of basketball throwing the TV title in the trash. <laughs> and then, wait, it gets better. Guess how the next champion was crowned? 
Jim Duggan was doing a, a ripoff of Duke the Dumpster Drowsy at the time. He was a janitor. And picked up the title out of the trash and became the television champion. What a time. Good du- good booking WCW. They definitely had their fair share of shitty Scott, stuff. Scott all talks about it in all his shoots when he talks about WCW. He said, I just didn't care. I was getting my check regardless. I barely had to go to work. I just didn't care. He said it was different than WWE. WWE, he gave a shit because he wanted... He wanted something. You had to work for your mania payday. Right. And he said in the WCW, everything's guaranteed. They don't care. Why am I going to care? And also, he never directly says it, but he definitely alludes to the fact that, let's face facts, if you have Hogan and you have Nash, Hall's the third guy. And it's very rare you're going to see a guy like that get one of those title runs. He also never wanted it because there's responsibilities that come with being a champion and I'm that not he did sure, not want. And I'm not sure that he didn't want. He I, said I, that, it. But I think there was a lot of people that didn't want to put the strap on him. I mean, what a risk that would have been. I think the only person that ever verbally said it was Vern Gagne. What did he say? You don't remember my story from earlier when he was in the AWA? <laughs> and Scott also said, no, it's too cold. Oh, that he That's said, oh, that he said no. To, no, no to I, but by him. this point, it was too, I don't think any promoter no. would have put a strap on him. Too risky. Very risky. After feuding with the Steiners and all those other tag teams in, in WCW for a fair period Every of time, one of them. They we, beat up Haku. We skipped to May 17th of 1998 when Scott Hall turned on Kevin Nash to join the split NWO and join Hogan with NWO Hollywood. He had no business in NWO Hollywood. Everyone knows he was Wolfpack, but here's what I'm waiting for. Frank Cliff's been waiting since since Scott Hall was pronounced hospitalized. Frank Cliff has been on a tear. Get it off your plate. Let's go. Get it off your chest, rather. This was the storyline. This was the storyline that Scott Hall was going to win the world title. I don't know if I can make it clearer to you. He won World War Three. He was on fucking the Wolfpack. He was a founding member of the Wolfpack, and he walked out. He went to Hogan. He got kicked out. So then he said, I am the lone wolf. And he came out to his own deal. He fucking went by himself. He didn't have 18 fucking NWO members with him. He won fucking World War Three, and he didn't get a... He got fucked. And then they decided, oh... Instead of just, you know, let's give him like two months off and let him go fix him fucking self at a rehab and then maybe come back and do something. They decided to make him a drunken fool on the air and completely ruin the character of fucking Scott Hall. He literally was throwing up ringside during matches. It was horrendous. And Eric Bischoff was there to laugh at it. Fucking dickheads. They fucked that thing up so bad. I fuck. Allow me this volley. Imagine you are the head of WCW, and you have Scott Hall, who is known for his demons, his addictions, his problems, his darkness, considered by one Bret Hitman Hart to be, and I, I have every reason to believe it's true, he's a malcontent, just trying to make everyone around him miserable because he was a miserable soul. And he was, I don't know if you know this, he was fucking one of the top executives at Turner's wife, uh, Daughters. Oh, this is fucking hilarious, this, this story. So, I think you told me this, yeah. So, I mean, that's a risky guy to put your championship on. He's going to represent me. And this is a guy who's doing hardcore fucking drugs. Don't book the storyline. Fuck you. If, I'm saying if you can't let's trust not, him, don't not, give him the let, golden don't give him the golden lane to make him a champion and have him give feud him a, with the other two. Let's not give him a great fucking push, a great angle. So what? He's not going to win the top one. He's still a great fucking angle. 
But that was the problem in WCW because the guy that was supposed to win never fucking won. Yeah, I mean, that was always been their problem. They, they were shitty booking has always been their problem. Finishes, anyway. Shitty finishes. But, folks, if you do want to watch up until, you know, the fucking drinking started on the stupid bullshit. I mean, I think the drinking was a part of it, but then they made it really bad where he was throwing up at ringside where I said, that's just fucking stupid. But it was his best fucking storyline. It was meant to be. And I fucked it up. So you might have to fill in this gap as well. I'll fill in your fucking gap. I have a little, I have a little gap, and I jumped to December of 1999 when the NWO reunited after Hall returned from a foot injury. Was it Silver? No, nah, it's NWO 2000. I don't think any of them were in that. No, I think that was think Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett, fucking... And Scott and Nash. Oh, God. Imagine Bret Hart leading anything. Gang of hooligans. We're going to beat them with hockey sticks. We're going to make it silver. <laughs> Fucking loser. Make it pink. Don't know yeah. it's me. <laughs> and while we're at it, put a fucking maple leaf in the middle of that hole. You know he tried. He of definitely course tried he did. to make of it. Of course he did. He said, make it red and white, Canada. Pink, the pink and black attack. Fucking asshole. Why is he selling Drew McIntyre? I don't know. <laughs> As a big fan. Big fan of Scott. I, I don't have much here. This is when WCW's really started being the shits, so... I don't. I don't have much. Was ninety nine? Ninety nine. Was that the finger poke of doom? Yep. When they reunited? Yep. Scott Nash poked Hogan in his chest. Hogan in the fucking tight black fucking crew cut. Oh god. Fucking drop down. And right before that was when Scott Hall, I think, zapped Goldberg. I think the Goldberg thing was. I was gonna add that, and I didn't. But that the was Goldberg right thing before is right that around. Oh, that's yeah. how he returned. He he got Goldberg with the cattle prize. Yeah. Yep. It was like a taser match him and Goldberg had. I often think to myself, if I had a, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'll never be in this situation to make this decision. But if I'm gonna do a job. Don't you want to do a flat fucking job? If you're Goldberg, don't you know enough to say, like, the best way for me to lose this match is just do a flat job to the jackknife and get over the next day? You it's want prob- you, but you, you don't want know someone if to come out with a, with a fucking cattle prod? It was him. Oh, I mean, come on. He didn't want to do a clean. No, but that's what that I'm was saying. That was his first loss, right? Or- that was his first loss. Yeah. He lost to a cattle prod. I mean, that's but- what it's going to say. By the way, I say the person at fault there would then be Goldberg, right? It wouldn't be the other two idiots. They're getting what they want anyway, but... Um, everyone had something to blame. He should never have lost when he did. He should have held on to it for a little bit. He should, if he was going to lose to anyone, he should have lost to DDP at Halloween Havoc. That, clean, that, clean to the dude, diamond cut. That's the other one. That's the other one that drives me insane. Well, no one saw it because it went off the air because Hogan and Warrior went long. But that's a story Sh- for another shocking. day. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Yeah, he saw him in the fucking mirror. Said, Tell me about it. We got to go home. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Was it in a cage? No. Ugh. After uh, the NWO reunited, February twentieth, two thousand, was his was his final WCW appearance. Okay. Well, uh, this is when Russo was out of control, so God knows what was going on on that show. Probably won the world title in a triple fucking cage match or whatever the fuck. Jumping two years down the line for te- February. Oh. After he left WCW, I went back to. Uh, WWE. WWE. Well, he, he went somewhere else in between. He went two places. Where in fact. Japan. He went to ECW for a, a cup of coffee, meaning like three shows. Came out to the Fugees. What was the song? I can't. I fucking. Is that why you said the thing head. about the Fugees? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that was his uh, thing. Had the song go ready or not? Oh yeah, yeah he right. came out no. to that. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. YouTube that shit. But um, he had a short run in there where he put over fucking Just Incredible, his, his boy. His name's Aldo Montoya. Okay. He put him over, and then he went off to New Japan for a year, where he was the mentor to one Hiromu Tanahashi. 
This uh, in two very days. good. How old is Tanahashi? Tokyo old as shit. Really? Tokyo yeah. Dome Cliff over here. Yeah, I'm just saying. I know things. Well, I didn't put that in there, so well, I'm gonna course. jump to February 17th of 2002 when he returned to WWF. No way out. No way out. The backstory. And of this you know what? The, you know what was great about No Way Out? What's that? The initials were NWO. Yeah, they knew what they were doing, folks. I'm gonna inject a poison. And they came out in the beginning of the show. Scott opened with "Hey Yo, we're not the bad guys." Ba ba ba. Then Nash said a little something something, and Hogan gave a he gave a great one. <laughs> yeah. He gave another great one. He ended with "God bless Vince McMahon and God bless America." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tremendous. He Hogan, heel Hogan was not bad. There was nothing bad about heel Hogan. You know who was the last person to sign back when they got everybody? Probably Hogan. Hogan. Wrong. They Nash. got Hall. They got um, Nash. They got Hogan. He calls up Nash because uh, I'm fucking everybody up. They signed Nash. Hall they signed at, Hogan. There you go. Hall at that point was recently divorced and had to play like. Um, he was playing. Oh, maybe. He was dealing with his uh, kids. And <laughs> apparently McMahon called him up and said, heard you missed your mom now. How about you come back? <laughs> and he goes, tell me you need me. If <laughs> <laughs> it said he needed it because that was to, to finish the trio. Because he already knew that the other two signed. Right. But, Hall did not look good in that run. Looking back at it now, you, you start to see the... A lot uh, of controversy as this yeah. goes along. I can fill in some of the gaps. Uh, in March 4th of 2002, he wrestled his first match... Spike Dudley. Against Spike Dudley. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I still you got it. You want me to work with who? <laughs> uh, after he defeated Spike Dudley, he went on to wrestle uh, Steve Austin, March 17th, 2002. At WrestleMania. So you skipped a couple of things. I want to backtrack a little. First of all, there was a match on a Raw. I'm glad you're both sitting down. Are you ready for this? You sitting down? I'm sitting down. You ready yeah. for this match? Brian. Hollywood Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, the NWO, versus The Rock and Steve Austin. Main event of Raw. First time, to my knowledge, Hogan and Austin have ever been in a match together. Goddamn. Just a Raw. That was just a Raw. <laughs> what the fuck do we got now? We got Two nothing. fucking Vikings? Yeah, we got nothing. <laughs> Cut the shit. We got nothing. We're starving. <laughs> We're starving. So, that was probably we got to break down this, that whole, match end. this whole... Um, had to be had, had it, had, had it had to be some Tom Foolery. No, how do you think it ended? Leg drop, one, two, three. On who? Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Rocky took a... Austin was probably outside <laughs> sleeping. Brother, I'll put him over, but he's got to show me he cares. <laughs> 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 For I mean, in all fairness and in all truthfulness, this it should have been Hogan versus Austin. That should have been the match. Hogan didn't want uh, Austin didn't want to do it, probably for all the right reasons. He was afraid Hogan couldn't keep up. With him. I, I, I trust Austin on this one. I do too. But you watch that Hogan Rock match. It wasn't like they were doing anything. They punch and kicked. They didn't do shit. They did nothing. And I guarantee you, Austin would not have been booed to the extent that The Rock was. You know, his would motherfucker Hogan would have fucked that stunner up on purpose. Yeah. He would have, like, fell forward. I think Hogan, You know he would have did some shit. The, Hogan and Austin were more on the same level than The Rock was. I think Rock was a step behind the two we of them. We spoke about this the other day. We said this match... Put Rock into another stratosphere. It, it's, it's almost like they lied to you because he shouldn't be considered in that stratosphere, at least in the wrestling But world. he was there. They did the face-off. They, they put, put him, him there. In. And, and the, then and then the fans, to their credit, Toronto, by doing the chance that they did by cheering fucking Hogan too to establish that this is the star, that that was the biggest match of all time at the time. Brother, I knew that would happen. 
Yeah. So they went with Scott and Austin. They didn't book Nash. You know why they didn't book Nash? I don't know. In case Scott couldn't go. In case Scott Smart. fucked up, they were going to plug Nash in and do the match. Scott Hall going to give you a better match with Austin. Scott Hall has said that the way the idea was pitched to him was Scott beats Austin, Rock beats Hogan, but they leave Rock bloody at the end, and NWO standing tall. Yeah, that it wasn't didn't happening. Happen. Didn't happen. I don't think anyone thought that was going to happen. His famous words were, we're not his creation. This isn't going to end well. So Scott Hall took, the, took the greatest stunner of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Second stunner. The second one was the best of all time. Heard another great story that weekend. So when the booking got jumbled, Scott says that's when he said, fuck it, meet me at the bar. And he went to the bar and just drank all weekend. And apparently Chris Benoit saw him at the bar. Oh, boy. And was getting angry. Angrier and angrier and angrier. He was having dinner with Jim Ross. And he was saying, this fucking guy, he's, he's about to be on the big stage. And he's here acting the fool with fans. And bullshitting. So, and Scott Hall, I've heard him say, this is the reason he went back drinking. Which is bullshit. You don't blame... You blame booking, my God. You're in there with Austin. He's probably the biggest payday he's ever fucking had. Yeah. Probably. Maybe not after that match, though. It wasn't as it bad wasn't as people we remember match. it. But it wasn't a bad match. It was a serviceable match. When it you was think what it of was. them, that, that's well, the you're, problem. You're dealing, and you're dealing with Austin who was never going to take the razor's edge. No. <laughs> so it was, was not happening. I knew that at the time. I remember watching it. I knew he wasn't taking the razor's edge. So what the fuck? You know what's Why do you think? Why do you think Scott was stunning him in all these fucking in all those angles? It's true. He's hitting him with the stunner. But anyway, kayfabe. That's about the end for the NWO. They all did fucking flat jobs that night. Shawn Michaels came in. It got out of control. No, well, X Pac showed up the next night. Oh, dude. of course, X Pac. <laughs> hey, shout out to X Pac. He, he dealt with a lot on Twitter this week and in his real life, for that matter. Fuck yeah, Twitter, but they all did. I'm laying off, Hunter. You got to lay off X Pac. <sighs> May 5th, 2002. I ain't gonna lay off him. You're not part of the NWO. Enough. Enough. It was six months. I deal with this bullshit. I'm sorry. Go on. May 5th, 2002. The plane ride from hell, which led to Hall's last night with the company on the following Raw. You, you and, know something? I'm sorry. He was the least guilty guy on that a, fucking plane. And a six-man tag with... Can you name the six-man tag? Say the, um, it was... Did they have oh on that pay per view? No, the the raw following the plane ride from hell. He wrestled on the raw following the plane yes. ride from hell. I guess it was him, Nash. No, him X Pac and Big Show. Yep. Oh God. Versus Bradshaw. Yep. Austin. Yep. Taker. Nope. Kane. Nope. Fuck. Flair. Yep. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> there We're gonna go. get it eventually. You know, and not it didn't for take nothing. him that long to get it. Of that's all the a big, and that's a big fucking match too. A Hall of Famers in, in every corner of that match. Yeah, this is when Nash got injured, I guess, and he had to go home. Of all of the people on the plane ride from hell, Scott Hall is like the least guilty one from what we've seen. All he was was drunk, which he always was. He was just chilling in the corner, drunk. People get upset at him. He had to get wheelchaired off the plane. Probably not the no, fucking first. They time. said he grabbed some asses or something. Okay. Dustin Rhodes started singing Sweet Nothings to fucking Terry. <laughs> Ric Flair helicoptered his cock in front of a fucking flight waitress, and Scott Hall got fired. And Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning almost fucking took the plane well, down. Henning, <laughs> Henning got fired, too. Yeah, because him and Brock Lesnar were wrestling on the plane. Yeah. Well, you're not going to fire Lesnar, so. Not at that point. 22-year-old fucking Lesnar. Phenom, yeah. Oh. Moving forward from here, 2002 through 2005. Oh, God. 2007 to 2008 and 2010 
He had a stint with Impact. He fucking worked more with TNA than he did with anybody else. Holy shit. I didn't put any of his Impact stuff in here because I ah, figured, no one. It's it's yeah. fucking. It was them milking every last fucking. What were they called, PJ? You remember this shit? What were they called when they first came out? Him and Nash. In the TNA? Yeah. Were they the band? Bingo. The band is back. Well, that's when they got Hogan, too. Nash was there. Uh, I'm sorry. Hall was there before all of them, I thought. So he was doing it when they were doing those weekly Wednesday pay-per-views. Yeah. Well, Nash was with WWE for a little bit after that. He came in and had that tremendous feud with Hunter. They did the cell match with Foley as the ref. Wait. Is this when my favorite match happened? The fucking hammer on a pole? That was later on. Another fantastic feud. Fucking Christ. <laughs> That's how your knees go, Kevin. Click, click. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Nash can't fucking walk. Book him in a ladder match. That's genius. With the other guy with the bad quads. There wasn't one quad in that match. <laughs> that is, it was not one fully functional Who's Who's the ref? Could be anybody. Uh, you don't need one in that match. That's true. Uh, April 5th of 2014, he went to the WWE Hall of Fame before WrestleMania 30. Mm. So, I believe who put him in? Was it Nash? Nash put him in? Yeah, it had know. to be. I'm assuming it had to be. It had right? to be. Of course it was. No, brother, I love Scott. <laughs> yeah, okay. You actually, no, you seen his uh, his video when that he posted when he was at the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hogan doesn't even tweet anymore. He just lo- he goes to his restaurant and lets other people post it. Yeah, he knows they're gonna post it anyways. So yeah, fuck it. But um, so this was one of the coolest moments I think as fans we could get in wrestling because probably <sighs> don't th- say. Because probably three years before this, you got that E60 documentary. You think Scott Hall is going to fucking die any minute now. He looks terrible. All this shit. Then two years later, you find out, you know, through social media and all this other shit that DDP got him and is helping him and coaching him and helping him get insurance and, and fixing his life. And then you see the Hall of Fame video and you hear the speech. He says probably the great, one of the best Hall of Fame quotes I think I've ever heard. If I hear it again this weekend, I'm going to throw up. Fair enough. You know the quote. I'm not doing it again. But, um, and you got to see the guy come fully circle back to being somewhat normal, somewhat not fucked up. You know, I don't know if he was drinking that night. I don't know if he drank the next week. But that night, for that 40 minutes or whatever, he looked put together and the best you've probably seen him in 15 years. And that's the satisfaction you're able to get sometimes from the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The other side of it, I've seen guys go in the Hall of Fame and they sound like they got hit with way too many you chain shots. You know who looked fucking incredible at the Hall of Fame? Sunny. When she went in, she looked incredible. You know Look where else she up. looked pretty good? Only fans. Or, or, or her fucking mugshot. Yeah. What else she got for us, kayfabe? Uh, we're, we're approaching between 2015 <laughs> and through 2021. He made sporadic WWE appearances. Mm-hmm. Probably a few, a few, Raw 25. Standing behind one. Hunter, nodding. Yeah, Hunter Raw- always had to be center of the click. <laughs> always had to be framed right in the middle. He was part of an important match. Yeah. Ooh. How old? Oh, <laughs> oh, the uh, WrestleMania 31. They, they had to come help Sting. Yep. They never helped Sting, Sting his entire career, but they're gonna help him this weekend. WrestleMania 31. Yeah. Oh man. It was a play. That was another play. I was watching Scott Hall talk about that. He's like, I told Sting, man, you're not their idea. You think anything else is happening? You're out of your mind. <laughs> I heard him say, I heard him say, we're in the match and Hunter's calling it. And he gets to the part, I hit you with the hammer, I pin you one, two, three. He goes, I looked at Hogan and Hogan looked at me. And we just said, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, this is ridiculous. But they knew. They had the same thing happen to them. Yeah, they come in. You had a job. It's a rite of passage for XWCW guys to come in, well, take a hammer You know, to the that's not head. for nothing. That's an old territory trick that when they used to get guys that they first book, like these older guys that they're paying a shitload of money, they'd make them do a job to see how they took it as a temperament. And if they didn't handle it well, they booted them. Fuck that guy. Let's not hire him. No, no. Hire him. <laughs> then we fuck him. Then turn him back into a clown. Yeah, I know I know. that was the story, right? They were all sitting there talking about it, and they <laughs> looked at him. Hogan's got lo- some Hogan, set of Hogan balls. They all Let at me tell other. you something. And Steve. Nash, for that matter, too. <laughs> Fucking Kevin Nash is out of control. Well, they're all right at, at the end of the day. I mean, that should never happen. Oh, That's what Frank b- does it on. The, he makes every excuse. At the end of the day. Even a broken clock they, is right twice a day. They were right. Despite yeah, yeah, all of yeah. their bullshit, they were right. I'm just saying it's pretty ironic for Hulk Hogan it's to talk sh- about who went over in a match. Sometimes the messenger. He's got some set of balls. Sometimes the messenger is not ideal. <laughs> yeah. But he was right. He was fair, definitely right. Fair enough. But we got to see Scott Hall make an appearance and take and a back body drop. You got- <laughs> he was gonna give who was he gonna give the raises at Billy Gunn and Billy Gunn fucking flipped him. No, I think Billy. I think Road Dog flipped him. I think- yeah. What colors did you wear that night? X Pac, you lying sack of shit. <laughs> you were in green, you motherfucker. You lying sack of shit. He wasn't the only one there that night that was in both. Sean. Sean. He had a brief stint. Yeah. In the end who did he world. kick in the face? Sean knows loyalty, goddammit. He kicked Booker and Big Show. Oh, he cooked, kicked fucking Sting. Oh, yeah. oh, that night you mean, yeah. yeah. Ah, poor Sting. I think you made a point, Frank. X-Pac had the chance to choose. He chose. He could have came out and said, I don't know what to do, and he just bumps himself. How do you think they said that? They're sitting there at the table. like, well, we need kid there. <laughs> <laughs> What's your friend? What's that little guy that used to follow us around? That The, the eight ball. His name is Six, asshole. <laughs> well, brother, if I'm coming out with the boys, I got to be center. You can't center with four. <laughs> Someone's got a bump for me, <laughs> which is exactly what Pog did. He bumped for uh, for Hogan. For Hogan. And then Nash tore his quad. Fake to yeah. fake tore his he quad. He was fake doing it. Did I, he thinks he's so funny. He Kevin thinks Nash he's thinks so he's funny. the funniest guy Fuck on Fuck you, Earth. Kevin Nash, on his fucking Twitter feed. He says, he, him. Fuck you. Like, we don't know that. Didn't FBW book an oversized guy to fake tear in his quad, too? Uh, we did that once. Yeah, yeah. you fucking assholes. <laughs> we, I don't think he It's all so funny. Is it TJ Malconi? It, it was. was. Yeah. Uh, the blue-eyed devil. The last <laughs> part of this timeline here, unfortunately, is March 14, 2002, when Scott Hall passed away at the age of 63. 2002. 2022. We're celebrating 2022. the 20th anniversary. 2022. Sorry. <sighs> So, let's do it. Where were you, Frank, when you heard the news? I mean, you know, it had been leaking slowly. Yeah, we had this tech. The, the Nash one is what hit me because I was like, fuck, this is real now. I didn't believe a word X-Pac said. We know where his loyalties lie. <laughs> well, when I what? saw Nash post and I got upset and then I was kind of like sitting there waiting. Like, you know, it was nice seeing people say kick out Razor and all that shit. But you know what the fucking deal is when someone's getting taken off life support. It's very rare. They last more than a couple fucking hours and... Sadly, that's what happened. And irony as it is, the first people to break it won Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon live yeah. on his fucking live on, when Raw opened. And, that's and how I said I, I found was, out. So I said I was watching Raw, not even in case of Razor. I just wanted to watch it in general because obviously there's been a lot of Cody rumors and all that other shit. And it's Mania season. I actually have to sit through Raw now because they've got some feuds going. But when Raw kicks off and I see that shit, I'm just devastated. I felt so fucking bad. 
I felt bad for DDP. That's the first person I thought about. I said, imagine how he feels. That's who you thought, not his family. Well, obviously his family, you think of people like that, but I think of the wrestling side of it, kind of. Yeah, and I hear you. But what Hall said was miserable. That that one really hit, because you could tell that that's his, uh, his boy. Who? What, what, oh, fuck, I keep doing that. Nash. Oh. Nash. 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 Yeah. It's, it's just, to me, what hit was, I don't know a world of wrestling without Scott Hall in it. Yeah. I know what I know what the wrestling world is like without Randy Orton. I don't know what the world is like, the wrestling world without Scott Hall. He was always part of it. He always showed up on Raw. That NWO shirt sells. And, you know, I guess not terribly surprising, just unfortunate the way it happened because it wasn't like he was on a downward spiral. He seemed to be pretty steady, as steady as he could be. That's the kicker. It always happens when they're doing their best, right? When they finally turn the corner and then some st- – and, and it's a freak thing that killed him too. So I think we should close out with maybe little moments. So maybe we'll start with you, Nikki Kayfabe. Can you think of your best Razor Ramon moment or match? Uh, or I promo? Mean, any any last memorable I would, thoughts? Of- I mean, you just have to think about um, – to me, I, I think about the NWO debuting or becoming a thing for the first time. He was the spark. I yeah. The spark in the powder keg <laughs> that would explode. Well, if you're going to go NWO, which I kind of agree – I'm going to save it. I know which way Frank's going to go. So what I think of Scott Hall, I think of his shoot interviews. He gave a lot of really fucking good shoot interviews. He had a lot of insight. This was the guy who told Sting, why don't you just be the crow? Yeah, just be like Taker. No one's going to care. That was his. That's what he said. Yeah, that was Not his. Um, that was, He could just give little pieces of advice that would make a good idea a great idea. And he seemed to have a really good mind for the business. And if he could have channeled that. And, you know, done away with his demons. Shit. And took some kind of backstage role. He probably could have accomplished a lot and contributed a lot more than he already did. And he still contributed a seismic amount. He's going to go down. I don't know if he's top ten, but he's one of the more influential wrestlers in the history of the business. There's got to be a generation of wrestlers that are probably about five years older than us. I, I guess when I think of Scott Hall, I think of the cool heel. That's it. The bad guy. I just don't think there'll be another person as cool as a wrestler as Scott Hall. Like, that you could just look at the TV and, like, you're, whether you're a little kid or you're a grown-ass man, you just know, well, yeah, that guy's just the fucking shit. Because that's just how he acted. That's how he was. I mean, and again, when you think of his legacy, shit, the NWO doesn't isn't the NWO without Scott Hall as much as it's not the NWO without Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash. That's the, the truth of it. In fact, Scott Hall, his presence, his aura, that might have been the most closely associated to the whole general feel of the NWO. I remember people walking in the hallways like Scott Hall. Doing the little the little the razor's edge? Of course. That too that I mean you also get people doing the fucking Vince McMahon at that time of day and shit, but yeah. Scott Hall is just fucking this is a shame. It's just a shame. We've become very used to and very calloused toward wrestling deaths. This was a big one. And so on behalf of the High Flyer, on behalf of the infamous Nikki Kayfabe, I am PJ Stackpole for Ring Crew Radio saying goodbye to the bad guy.